0: You are now listening to Late Hit Pro Football Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit Pro Football Radio with Tyler and Matt. This week, we're going to be getting into all the divisional round games from this previous weekend. And then we'll discuss a few hot button issues and some, you know, trending news in NFL. And then we'll eventually get into the championship round matchups before we end things tonight. Um, the first game we're going to get into was the first game on the slate for this weekend it was the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20 to 20 in Kansas City. In that one, for KC, Patrick Mahomes was 22-30, of 30, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco was had 12 carries on the ground for 95 yards, and Travis Kelsey was their leading receiver with 14 receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns.
1: Yep, and uh, on the Jacksonville side, we had Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 39, 217 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Travis Etienne, 10 carries, 62 yards, and one touchdown. Zay Jones, five receptions for 83 yards. Christian Kirk, seven receptions,
0: 52 yards, and one touchdown as well. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good game. Um I think the Jaguars, with the exception of a few mistakes that were made there towards the end, I thought they did a pretty good job of holding their own against the Chiefs. Um, I think Kansas City is going to have, you know, a tough game next week, especially with the news about Patrick Mahomes being injured. Um, from what I hear, though, it's, it's a high ankle sprain. Um, he did practice uh, Wednesday, so I think he's going to be good to go for Sunday's matchup.
1: Yeah, I've seen him jog onto the field. Uh one of the guys, one of the KC's press guys uh posted a video on Twitter and you can see him jog out. And he looked pretty normal for you know what they're calling a high ankle sprain. Usually usually you're out for that, but um he looked pretty good. So I mean, that, he's a 500 million dollar man I don't think they would put him at risk for <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot. A lot of times, you see guys suffer high ankle sprains like that. They usually miss quite a few weeks, yeah, until they heal up. But I mean, I don't miss- think it's as
1: serious as we think.
0: No, I mean, and even if it was as serious as we thought, I, I think this is going to be a game that he's going to try and push himself to play, and you know, because there's this is the game that's going to determine whether or not they play in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, either way, I think he would try to do whatever he could to make sure he plays this game to help them get to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, on the Trevor Lawrence side, he looked a little bit more poised this week than, you know, uh, throw into any bad traffic or anything like that. Um, I I think he had a better performance this week. I know he came back from a big deficit last week, but he kind of dug that hole. You know what I mean? You can't be rewarded for the hole you dug yourself out of. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent week. Um, they kept up much better than I thought they would against um, Casey. Like I said before, they're a really young team. Doug Peterson has his team going in a good direction. I think they're going to be even on an even better track next season. So, yeah, I think the, Pro- the- props.
0: Yeah, I think Trevor definitely played a lot better than he did. Uh, the first half of that Chargers game in the yeah. wild card round. Um, you know, he still threw an interception there towards the end, which kind of, you know, not necessarily screwed them, but kind of made it more difficult for them to come back in this one. Um, right. But then there was a fumble inside the 10-yard line by Agnew, which also kind of prevented them from coming back in this one too. But, you know, other than those two mistakes that they made towards the end of the game, uh, I think Jacksonville really held their own against a, a very good Kansas city team. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to really win this game necessarily. Um, but I think that they did a good job of hanging in there with the chiefs. Um, I mean, it looked like Chad Henney was going to be playing the rest of that game. And, you know, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing for us after that. <laughs> yeah, But then he came in and, and marched the team down the field, 98 yards and threw a touchdown pass. So, I mean, yeah. it's hard, it was hard <laughs> to stop either one of those KC quarterbacks on Saturday. Yeah,
1: uh, and they were pretty even across the board on the on the offense. And uh, sacks, KC had two sacks to uh, Jackson, Jacksonville's zero. So other than the sacks, they were getting uh, good pressure to Trevor Lawrence, which was uh, disrupting his play. And um, then time of possession – they just destroyed him by 10 minutes in time of possession. It was 35 minutes to 25 minutes uh, that uh, Jacksonville had, so they really ran it down.
0: Yeah, and I think in this game, like I noticed at the beginning there, he was just kind of – Trevor Lawrence was just kind of doing like check down passes to Travis Etienne and stuff like that, but then in the second half, you saw him open up a little bit more and start going downfield with some of his passes, and I think he got – I think he got a, a little bit more comfortable as the game went on but unfortunately mm-hmm. he, he think he got comfortable a little too late in this one um if he would have started you know opening up the passing game early on you know in the first half i think this game would have been a little bit closer but you know can't complain as a jaguars fan you know losing by only seven to a pretty solid kansas city team um i mean that's no, prom- not at all yeah it's promising uh, you know, you see a lot of good things with this team in the future. A lot of good, uh, you know, young team. Uh, you know, most of your players on offense you just drafted in the last few years. So, I mean, and Doug Peterson really turned this team around from where they were last year with that whole Urban Meyer fiasco. So I think big things for this Jaguars team to come.
1: Yeah, for sure. He would definitely be a top non- nominee for Coach of the Year, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Uh, all right. The next game we're going to get into was Saturday night, Saturday night's game. Um, the Eagles put a thumping on the Giants 38-7 to in Philadelphia. In that one, Philadelphia's Jalen Hurts was 16-24, 154 yards, two passing touchdowns. He also had nine carries in the night for 34 yards and a touchdown. Their leading rusher was Kenneth Gainwell. He had 12 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith had six receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown. And Dallas Goddard had five receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown.
1: And as for the Giants, Daniel Jones, um, not his best game. 15 of 27, 135 yards and one interception, zero touchdowns. Saquon, nine carries, 61 yards. Uh, Matt Breda four carries 23 yards and one touchdown and Richie James seven receptions for 51 yards
0: yeah I mean this game was a lot further away from you know what I thought it was going to be um, watching the Giants performance in the wildcard round against the Vikings I thought this game was going to be a lot closer I thought they would be able to hold their own or, you know I thought Daniel Jones was going to play a lot better than he did yeah uh, yeah I agree But, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he didn't really have too big a numbers in the passing game. Um, But, you know, they didn't really need to when your backup running back, Kenneth Gainwell, had 112 yards on the ground. So, Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: mean, they kind of just swept through these guys. You know, I don't know what their weakness was on Saturday night, but they did not look like the same Giants team that we saw a couple weeks ago in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm gonna say I did pick the Giants to win that game because I've seen the momentum from uh, Daniel Jones and the rest of the Giants, even though they're pretty much a talentless team outside of Saquon. And I seen a hurt Jalen, a injured Jalen Hurts. I can't say hurt Jalen Hurts, uh, <laughs> an injured Jalen Hurts last week. Uh, that didn't look too comfortable, didn't look like he wanted to run, looked like he just was avoiding any kind of contact. Um, So I did pick Giants going into that, and I was completely wrong. They got their asses whooped. They uh, didn't look energized like the Eagles did. Um, Eagles were getting to Jones in his face, um, pretty much shut down Saquon. He had like one big rush that I can remember. And outside of that, he didn't really do too much. And uh, they just got it as woven, man. Dave, the Eagles wanted it, Giants didn't. You know, that's all I can say. But you still got to give Dayball props. He took them to the playoffs, won a playoff game, regardless of what you think about the Vikings, um, with a team that, like I said, doesn't re- have very much talent outside of Saquon and Daniel Jones.
0: Yeah, this was, you know, New York's first playoff win in a few years, so um, but they might have been better off starting all their backups because that game was a lot closer in week 18, <laughs> 6
1: points. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um uh, I mean, the, the Eagles did a good job of shutting down Daniel Jones, they did a good job of containing Saquon. Um I mean, they didn't really have to do much to, you know, contain the Giants receivers because they don't really have anybody worth containing. Right. Um, Tim Holiday, Yeah. He's, he hasn't done anything <laughs> for them. Nothing. They gave no, up this guy all that money for nothing. I mean. I don't even remember what the contract was like, but it was stupid. Yeah. It was, you know, I think the years that he entered free agency when he left Detroit, I think he was one of the better options at wide receiver. So, and yeah. you know, you don't know what you're going to get. They'd, I mean, the, the Giants sure as hell didn't know that they were going to get this kind of production out of him. I mean, he had a somewhat successful career with the Lions. So, I, mean, I don't even see him on the receiving port for that game. I don't know that he – I don't think he caught anything.
1: That's what I mean. Yeah, <clears throat> he didn't even have one catch.
0: Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> – no production whatsoever from this guy. I mean, and he had a lot of incentives in his contract this year. As yeah. far as like, catches, yards, touchdowns. And he wasn't even close to, to breaching any of them. So, I mean, do you continue to waste money on the contract? Or do you just give the guy the rest of his guaranteed and, and send him on his way? I mean, you got to make room for talent or if you want to at least give him another shot next year to see what he can do now that you know Daniel Jones and the rest of his offense opened up. But, I mean... If if I'm the New York Giants front office, I'm gonna try and get rid of Galladay some way.
1: Yeah, I mean, but who's gonna want Galladay?
0: Exactly. I mean,
1: you've seen his production. It's not like they're giving away uh, Darius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs,
0: <laughs> yeah, they which was Gallaudet. a real
1: which was a real smart
0: move, yeah, for the Chiefs, yeah. I mean if you're going to have to pay Saquon and Daniel I mean the the Giants are probably going to have or not have to but they're probably going to end up paying both of those guys so I mean you kind of have to get rid of Kenny I would imagine to kind of save some cap space uh coming into this year to give those contracts to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley so I mean they but they need help at receiver and I do like Slayton I will say I think he's he's a solid
1: solid receiver. Um, he's nothing to like write home about, but he is their to me. He would be their most solid receiver. I know Hodg- Hodgkins. Yeah, I do like Hodgins. Uh, yeah,
0: I do like Isaiah Hodgkins, too. I think yeah, he can be
1: he had a big game. Uh, a couple game. I forget who they played. He had a big game. Was it the Eagles? No, mm-hmm. no, because that wasn't that game. No, it was uh, the. Week- or was it
0: the Vikings? I think it was the week before the regular season finale against the Eagles. Oh, was it? I, yeah. I feel
1: like it was just yesterday, but, but yeah, yeah he, he had a big
0: game there. He kinda he kinda stepped up and uh, you know, we weren't really expecting much production out of him. But like I said, he, he did a little bit there and he stepped up. So I mean, is he gonna be the number one guy that you're gonna, you know, put the teams back on? No, he's not that kind of receiver. I would still try and get some help this offseason uh whether that be a tight end, you know, that can do it all or and, you know, a decent wide receiver, but to get some you gotta get somebody to help Daniel Jones out in this passing, you know, offense all because, right. you know, trying to run on the ball run the ball all the time with Saquon isn't isn't gonna work. Teams are gonna figure you out. I mean, look at Tennessee, you know, teams figured out that Derrick Henry situation real yeah. quick. Um so, you know, and Ryan Tannehill wasn't the quarterback to put in that system if they need to pass the ball. So, I mean, New York's definitely going to have to get some help for Daniel in that passing offense. So we'll see what they could pick up this offseason and see if they can get him a little extra help out there. Trade Saquon for a couple picks. <laughs> Why would you get rid of your best player?
1: I mean, you're right. He is their best player, but you can get multi-
0: you can fill multiple spots with a talent like Saquon. I mean I guess but do you really want to get rid of Saquon just to get maybe a decent I don't margin? want to
1: get rid of Saquon. I love Saquon but um
0: well I mean you would probably want somebody to get rid of him cuz he's in your division. <laughs>
1: yeah, he hasn't really. He's been injured a lot so yeah. it's unfortunate. Um but yeah, uh I don't know. I see both sides though. I I like I like uh big splash trades and stuff like that that you know move a big player because you get a bunch of picks or uh, a veteran player in picks or whatever to fill multiple spots rather than just one, you know what I mean? Um, I think they could go and get like a like a free agent running back that's half decent that you wouldn't have to pay nearly as much as Saquon, like Brian Robinson or uh, hmm. trying to think who else is out there. But you know what I mean, like yeah. a, like a decent, decent – like either a scat back or uh, you know some somebody like that that's that's like or possibly find find one in a draft like your uh, like a Tony Pollard style um, and you might get lucky um, and then you have four years with them with no big contract so I don't know yeah his, I, his, his, that's a lot of stuff to decide um, he but, hasn't done much for you because of his injury history and also you got to put that into consideration yeah but
0: this is probably the first year since saquon has been there that they've actually had success and this is the first year that he's been fully healthy all season yeah oh so, no doubt but so, I he's mean,
1: literally that, their only talent
0: I know but like you kind of can see with the correlation between his him being healthy and them having <laughs> success. So do you really want to get rid of a guy like that just to maybe get a mediocre running back somewhere and then, you know, get a mediocre wide receiver and you've already got a mediocre quarterback. So, I mean, the offense is just going to be below average Then I would say if you get rid of Saquon, depending on who they would get to fill his position. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Most teams have middle of the pack
1: running backs and they do just fine. You know, they run,
0: yeah, but the backs. But do those guys? Do those teams have middle middle of the pack quarterbacks and middle of the pack wide receivers? I just say, for for your offense to be successful, somebody's got to stand out. You know, you can't have you know mediocre, mediocrity at all yeah. every position and expect to be successful.
1: If you uh, if you have above average, you know, I'm not saying great, but above average keeps a couple above average key players rather than just one excellent player do you think that matters
0: uh i mean it depends what position that player is at because obviously i mean if you have an above average to an elite like quarterback type you know you're obviously i would say you're going to have success no matter who else is around you i mean we've seen plenty of times where a quarterback makes or breaks uh, a team uh, and i think that's probably the main stopping point here for the giants ending their season on saturday was That position but i mean you get you get a guy like patrick mahomes in any system in this league and i think you know the level of elite that he plays at he's going to have success no matter where he's at
1: yeah but he's one of none you know what i
0: mean i know but i'm saying nobody like like him if you get a guy like that like you said just one position if you get a guy like patrick mahomes at quarterback you know he can really make a break in an offense and you don't really necessarily yeah. need like who would have thought like look at the Kansas City's offense. You know, their running back is Isaiah Pacheco. Like no one heard of him ever before. He's pretty good too. He he is pretty good. But I was just saying, like, they've got all these no name guys, minus yeah. Travis Kelsey, but you know, they can have success because of the level that Patrick Mahomes takes that offense to. Right.
1: Hey, look at it this way: even if you traded Saquon for a first round and a second round, and you went and got another running back in the first round, you would have to pay him way less than what you're about to pay Saquon, right?
0: And that's true. But
1: then your cap's going to be way lower, or then your you know your cap space can be way lower than what it would be. Um. If you were to pay Saquon, so then you can go out and get somebody like uh, Hopkins or people who are
0: looking to move around. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like, other than you know Kenny Galladay, who else are the New York Giants paying? Like no one. So do yeah, you really, I don't know
1: where their money's going? But they're not. Uh, they're not like high in the last time I looked, and it hasn't been a little while. I'll be honest. Um, cap space, they weren't even in like the top five. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, like I said, they're not paying really anybody, like I said, with the exception of Kenny Galladay, but like, do you really want to risk losing uh, a running back like Saquon to take a chance at drafting a running back that might not be as good as him? Like, You already know what you got in Saquon if he's healthy. You already know he's going to be one of the better running backs in this league. So I would say I would rather pay him than pay, say, Daniel Jones, because I know what I'm getting with both of those guys. And you know, if I have to choose between signing Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, I'm obviously going to go with Saquon Barkley because he's yeah, proven you're himself. Gonna, you're
1: going to franchise Jones most likely.
0: I mean, you can franchise Ty Jones. I mean, l- with what we've seen from Daniel Jones in the first few years of his career, this is the first year where we've actually seen him, you know, be somewhat successful. Yeah. yeah so, I but, want to see him but, another year with Abel. Yeah, before I, yeah, before I would offer him a long term contract, I would right. think about franchise tagging him, you know, the coming into this offseason just to see if he's worth signing to a long term deal.
1: Uh, yeah. I definitely don't think they're going to agree on a uh, contract. I no. think it's definitely going to be a franchise on Daniel. Um, other than the Saquon thing, yeah. You're right. I'm right. I can see both sides of that.
0: Yeah, uh, but because whether or not Daniel Jones is worth the money, if you're getting a, giving a long-term contract to a starting quarterback, you're going to have to pay him, you know, starting quarterback salary. You know, and that's like around what thirty-eight, forty million dollars now for a year for those guys. Yeah, it's, thirty-six, thirty-seven plus. Yeah. So there's a an advantage to franchise tagging him this all season to see what he's got coming into next year. But then there's also a disadvantage because if you do end up having to pay him after next season, it's only going to be more than it was this year because every year it just keeps going up and going up and going up. You know, eventually you're going to have to pay the guy, but do you really want to wait to have to pay him more? Or, you know, do you take the risk of offering the money to him now? And then maybe him not turning out to be the guy you thought he was going to be. Yeah yeah it's good a lot rough. of variables a lot of yeah. moving pieces nfl is a tough business yeah, it's a business exactly that's yeah, what it is especially when you're when you have to shell out the kind of money that they do to these players and stuff so yeah you, i want to be on the receiving end <laughs> yeah me i want to be i want to be like quarterback getting like 150 million guaranteed and you know, those are just insane contracts and so I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I don't I know what to do with that amount of money. I know. That's whew.
1: Yep, anyways.
0: Yeah, all right. So we're going to move on to the first game from Sunday, which was the Bengals beating the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo 27-10. to 10. In this one for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow was 23 of 36, 242 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon had 20 carries on the ground for 105 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase had five receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. And tight end Hayden Hurst had five receptions, 59 yards, and one touchdown.
1: And as for Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen, 25 of 42, 265 yards, one interception, eight carries, 26 yards, and one touchdown on the ground. Devin Singletary, six carries, 24 yards. Dawson Knox, five
0: receptions for 65 yards. Yeah, I think Cincinnati played lights out football in this game. I mean, especially in the first half, those first two drives where they just marched down the field. Uh, You know, Joe Burrow threw two pretty good touchdown passes to get this team out in front pretty quickly. Um, I mean, I thought Buffalo might come back at some point and make this a game, but, you know, they just never – elevated to that level for some reason they kind of just played under the radar the entire game and didn't really do much you know other than that touchdown that Josh Allen you know ran in they really had no other production on offense whatsoever so I mean (laughs) Cincinnati played really well all on both sides of the ball offense and defense and, and Buffalo just fell flat on their faces was that Josh Allen's first snow game ever uh no because they played (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah i mean it sure doesn't look like it you would think yeah i mean and then jesus christ they they had reports that you know josh allen said you know and i feel like every time they lose in the playoffs or something one of the players is going to come out and say oh i had an injury with josh allen yeah he uh came out and said that he's been dealing with that elbow injury for quite some time and you know, I mean, and we don't he,
1: doubt that. I mean, that, but that was middle of the season. We seen the decline after that, but yeah. I mean, now you've been starting every game since. Come
0: on, yeah. I mean, and he may be dealing with an elbow injury still. I'm sure he is. Um, I mean, and I, I don't doubt that, or it doesn't surprise me because you know, watching right. some of his throws and stuff like that, it did look like they were kind of iffy. But I mean, if you're gonna be if you're going to force yourself to play a game through an injury, like you've got to be good enough to be successful. Like if you, if you're not going to be able to go in there and help your team win ball games, then you need to sit out and deal with your injury until you're healthy enough to play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is playoffs. Everyone's, everyone's injured at this point in time. So, I mean, there's not one player on the field unless they're fresh off the bench for whatever reason or coming out of an injury and they're fully healthy. Finally. Um, everyone's you know has some kind of ailment
0: yeah i mean it's not
1: just him um he just looked like he had a bad day and it happens
0: yeah i mean but like you said we've seen him kind of slowly decline these last few weeks i'm not necessarily playing poorly but i mean he definitely hasn't been playing up to par or up to the standards that we've seen from him and uh i mean Stefan Diggs, he, after the game, I guess, packed all his stuff up and ran out of the locker room before the coaches even made it back into the locker room. And then one of his teammates brought him back in. So, I mean, I think he's kind of getting sick of this too. Um, yeah, him and Josh
1: Allen didn't look like they were on good terms in the sideline.
0: No, because at one point he kind of was like staring Josh Allen down and kind of threw his arms up in the air like, what's going on, man? So, I mean, I think he's...
1: I mean, and, Yeah, but Josh yeah. Allen was trying to get him the ball. It's right. just, you know, it's not like he's avoiding him. Uh, Bengals' defense is, was just, it's been insane since, you know, a little bit before midseason. It just seems like it flipped the switch. Um, same as their um, offensive line, you know. I mean, they're down what four guys on the offensive line, yeah. and their rotation just seems to be just as good as the <laughs> the, yeah. the man ahead of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't got, know what the hell. I got, Dallas
1: signs that offensive lineman
0: uh, line coach. Yeah, I mean, it's especially since they just. Nah not lost their offensive line coach today so coach philbin yeah, yeah. uh but yeah whoever i'm not sure who the offensive line coach is Cincinnati, but he's doing one hell of a job i mean if you had when you have as many injuries as they've they've had on that offensive line and you can you know next man up can just play lights out like they have been i mean and that's been one of the concerns like we've been talking about that for weeks now with joe burrow you know worried about his offensive line and be able to, to keep him upright. But, you know, they haven't really, you know, missed anything. They've done one heck of a job. He looked poised in the pocket, like he's no pressure on him whatsoever. I mean, I don't know if that's because Buffalo was missing Von Miller, but, I mean, Joe Burrow had plenty of time to throw the ball. Uh, obviously, Joe Mixon was running the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, this a much talent line, on that team. Yeah, all around. All around. So, I mean, yeah, this offensive line, like I said, we've had our concerns about, but, you know, they look pretty good, and I'm pretty impressed with the way they played.
1: Yeah, usually a team, when they have somebody like Lael Collins or your right tackle or even your left tackle go down, you know, that's it. That team's struggling. That quarterback um, pocket presence is just becomes disrupted. They start to uh, go get through their reads faster because they know in the back of their mind they have – Limited time now. Um, it just kind of messes a quarterback's mind up. And Joe Cool, man, he just sits back there and next man up mentality on that line, and they just they just fight like dogs in the in the trenches. And he's upright. Um, what they get zero sacks? Oh, no, they got one sack on him. They they each had a, sh- a sack on both sides. So that's pretty good for four men down. You know that's that's a hell of a job. I I know my team when we lose one offensive lineman, it's like
0: the world's fallen. Yeah, most teams are like that. Sometimes it's hard for a team to adjust to a new offensive lineman coming in. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, like I said, Cincinnati really hasn't had any issues with that. They've kind of, you know, had one hell of a time getting this offensive line together at the beginning of the year. You know, Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in football for the first couple weeks, oh, um, yeah. and then they kind of figured it out and haven't had any setbacks since. So, uh, hats off to this coaching staff for getting this offensive line to where it needs to be. But is this the um, most talented roster? Um, at least the most talented. Let's say just all Let's just say offense for right now. Offense, I would agree with. I think they've got a lot of weapons. Um Defense is up there. I wouldn't say this is the best defense right now because I think San Francisco uh, has obviously the best defense. And I think, in my opinion, Philadelphia's secondary is probably the best right now out of the four teams left. So,
1: I mean, yeah, I but you,
0: you got you got pretty good, you know, pretty decent players on Cincinnati's defense as far as, you know, Hubbard and uh, Hendrickson and... Uh, Reader, you know Eli Apple's not too bad, so they've got talent on both sides of the ball. But I think that their offense definitely stands out as one of the better ones in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're not throwing the chase, you're throwing T
1: Higgins and
0: T Higgins. Both of them
1: are are insane.
0: Yeah, they got Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd. Yep. You know Hayden Hurst. He's a pretty good. He's really stepped up. Yeah. So, I mean, take your pick, and then you have the option to check down to Joe Mixon, too. Um, and then Pirine, their backup running back, he's yeah a workhorse in him. You know, you give him the ball, he's plowing through for five yards at a time. So, I mean, they've got depth and, and talent at every position on this offense, at least. So, I think, yeah, they're probably one of the better rosters right now in the NFL, did you see Hayden Hurst do the the gritty after the one touchdown? Yeah. That, that it was, was good. It, was it, it wasn't good. bad, but I wish some of these guys would just stop because <laughs> half of them aren't that good at it. Oh, he, he was good, though. That was the
1: best white boy one I've seen yet. Yeah. I think Mac Jones is, was probably the worst oh, yeah. I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that one was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's
0: funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, I would say this, this – uh, Cincinnati's definitely got one of the more talented rosters right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's the most, because like I said, their defense, I would probably take a few over them, but I, all around, I think they're a pretty good team. I'd say they're most talented left in
1: IFC, though.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Like, uh, including uh, since we're covering last week, but, you know, including the games from the divisional round as well. You know, yeah. not just Kansas, Kansas City, but I would. I would agree that they were the most talented overall for the divisional round left opponents that's what I would yeah. think
0: yeah I would agree with that yeah
1: um yeah and uh hopefully uh you know kind of sucks at the whole Damar Hamlin thing he shows up tries to give him spirit and yeah they just kind of
0: kind of blew it yeah I mean I was I was torn in this one because I really like the Bengals and I wanna see them do well, but then at the same time I was kinda of hoping that the Bills would have success and because of what happened to DeMar Hillman and, and kind of, you know, honor him and you know, I thought I was gonna for put him. him on a
1: Super Bowl run. Yeah. I thought was that was everything I was gonna have and you know, maybe a Some of your conspiracy theorists out there might have said that was leading up to a. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, after Katrina, the Saints won and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I thought that was
0: like four years after Katrina, they won.
1: Well, I mean, was that the uh, first one or second one ever?
0: Yeah. uh, First one. Yeah. Katrina was in. First one. Yeah. Katrina was in 2005. They won the Super Bowl in 2009. So, So,
1: I mean, it took took time to rebuild and, you know, get it where it
0: needed but uh yeah i don't know you
1: win your first one ever with so close i mean i'm not i'm not saying that thing's true but you know
0: it was you will always have those nfl conspiracy theorists yeah
1: yeah but yeah it's a shame that they didn't get a w for him that
0: showed up but i'm sure he still enjoyed it with everyone yeah, um, I mean, but I, I was so, like, st- not that it was stupid, but, like, every time they cut to DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin up in the suite, like, you couldn't see him because of the snow. Yeah, yeah, It's coming down pretty good. Yeah, so you had no, I had no idea who it was. They just cut the camera over there, and they're talking, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's DeMar Hamlin. Do You see the people saying that it wasn't him? What, in the luxury suite?
1: Yeah, like, uh. It's going all over like TikTok and Twitter and stuff, which I don't believe. I don't know why you would do that. But um, they were saying it was a it was like a stunt double stunt. Yeah, like a imposter guy that they because it is kind of weird. Like he pulled up and they never show his face. He had glasses on and then he's in the suite with the whole hoodie over his head, glasses on, mask on, jacket on. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, I, maybe I was thinking more lines, not, you know, why wouldn't it be him? But I was thinking more lines of maybe he has like, you know, s- stuff, you know, taped to him still from the medical. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. like, He's like stuff on his face, you know, that's got messed up from. Yeah. And they work, said procedures on him. But the, I know when you have a tube down your throat, you know, it kind of that fucks up your, like, you know what I mean? Blisters and stuff around your mouth
0: and all yeah. kinds of stuff and they said he was still occasionally like having to you know take oxygen and stuff like that so I, yeah. I imagine with a respiratory issue like that you know he's got to wear the medical mask yeah so i mean i yeah, don't no doubt. Uh, i don't believe the conspiracy I, theory
1: no i think it was more like he didn't really like cosmetic like he didn't really like the way he looked appearance wise so he was covering his face and everything but uh, yeah, yeah i don't know uh, uh, people uh, are uh, weird yeah they are people look into it. they were saying the the ambulance was a u-haul
0: oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, no matter what situation it is like not even nfl or football related like but no matter what the situation is there's going to be somebody out there that starts this conspiracy theory and then you have those idiots out there that buy into it and believe it and it's, it's it was so bad that uh i think it's good Good Morning
1: Football, that guy, one guy from Good Morning Football, um, I forget his name. He always sits on the way to the left. Uh, He he interviewed Josh Allen. He asked him about it, and Josh Allen's like, I mean, he was in the locker room with us. And he's like, are you sure it was DeMar? And he's like, I mean, I guess. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I didn't think of that. You know what I mean? mean,
0: I'm pretty sure... You know, Demar Hamlin being there, Josh Allen isn't just gonna be like look at him from across the locker room. Like you're gonna go over and say hi to the guy, and I'm pretty sure after playing with him for yeah. the last few years, you know Demar Hamlin.
1: Yeah, so uh, people are ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe it made it up that far. The people, it's I can't believe you didn't see it. it literally I, I hear, everywhere.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear any of those. It's conspiracy on TV things. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Eat. All right, uh, let's get into the last game from Sunday here. And if you want to take a moment of silence for your boys, go ahead. We can just skip over it if you want. <laughs> but the 49ers beat the Gals Cowboys in San Francisco 19-12 on Sunday. Uh, for San Francisco, Brock Purdy was 19 of 29, 214 yards. Their leading rusher was Elijah Mitchell, who had 14 carries for 51 yards. Christian McCaffrey, he had 10 carries, 35 yards, and a touchdown. And George Kittle was their leading receiver. He had five receptions for 95 yards.
1: And uh, on the Dallas side, Dak Prescott, he was 50 of 50, 750 yards, 17 (laughs) touchdowns. No, uh, Dak Prescott, 23 of 37, 206 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 10 carries 26 yards uh cd lamb 10 receptions 117 yards um so he popped off and dalton schultz five receptions for 27 yards and one touchdown
0: yeah and don't forget to give some love to your boy brett Meyer. he made a what was a 28 yard field goal so
1: he's looking good this, he this, looks this, like Justin this, Tucker out there yeah
0: he can apparently still split the uprights from what we saw so <laughs> that was amazing yeah. i i i thought he was mvp of the game yeah sure. definitely definitely i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh no
1: but seriously 49ers they were they played well it was it came down to who scored a touchdown you know what i mean it was 6-6 six, six, felt like
0: the entire game yeah, the, this one started out a little slow. Um, uh, what was it like? Thirteen to what was the score going into halftime? Thirteen to six. Or oh six. man, I don't even remember. But yeah, it was. It yeah. started out started out really slow. Uh, second half was definitely way better than the first half. Um, but yeah, it just, was nine to six. Yeah, nine six to six, six. Yeah, but yeah, this um, like I said, this this game was all defense all day. I mean, both of these defenses lived up to their hype. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons had a good one. Nick Bosa had a good one. Fred Werner mm-hmm. played well. Um, so, you know, both of these offenses struggled, obviously, because of the level of defense that they were going up against. Uh, but I think Brock Purdy did a pretty good job of holding his own against a pretty solid Dallas defense. Um, you know, he, he wasn't really lighting the scoreboard up, but, you know, when they needed him to, go out there and, you know, uh, plead to complete a pass to get a first down. You know, he did a pretty good job of getting that job accomplished. Um, and he threw a pretty good pass to George Kittle, who made an insane catch for, yeah. you know, 30 yards. So, I mean, <laughs> Brock Purdy, uh, you know, I still have my, my concerns about him, but he's holding his own. I mean, he's, what, 7-0 and now as a starter. So, um, I think more than that. No, seven and oh, or eight, no, I think. Yeah, maybe. No, I think. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 doing he's doing pretty well for you know what we expected him to do versus what he's actually doing. I, you know, I think he's doing one hell of a job. Yeah. And
1: uh, on Dallas's side, I, <clears throat> I felt like it was going to be a Dallas victory up until the point where Tony Pollard kind of broke his ankle <laughs> and it was just yeah. Like, it was just like everyone was deflated and their whole game plan that was pretty much, um, or, uh, that was built around them, uh, Tony Pollard just kind of went out the window. I mean, he lines up as a receiver. He, you know, he's their better back. Um, Zeke's just not meant to carry the load anymore. Um, I just felt like we had a real chance when he was on the field. And then as soon as he was injured, I've, I instantly told my wife, it's like, I don't think we're going to pull out of this one because now they're going to expose our uh, lack of receivers.
0: And that's exactly what they did. It was definitely a different ball game when when Tony Pollard was still on the field. Um, I mean, you could tell he just really keeps that run game alive. Um, And even the pass game, too, because that's a nice check down for Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Um, But Zeke... He has not impressed me at all this year. I mean, what, he averaged 2.6 yards a carry on Sunday. So it's just, old and worn, man. Yeah, he does. I mean... That's
1: what it, happens when you're six years at Belcal and, you know, you're taking 95% of the snaps as the running back. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you're running it 15 to 20-plus times a game. You know what I mean? You're going to get... And you're a contact runner, running back, like... You know, like Emmett Smith and um, you know Ladainian Tomlinson and all those kind of guys. You know, they don't that, that doesn't last very long. I don't know Emmitt lasts very long, but uh, he didn't look he didn't look good <laughs> no. his, his last couple of years at all. But uh, no, not at all. He overstayed his welcome. But uh, Zeke's definitely uh, hit that turn where it's like he is now no longer a halfback. He is a fullback. Yeah, he needs to be paid like a fullback.
0: Yeah, I mean. He's definitely uh, making way too much money. Much money for what we've seen from him this year. Like I said, he definitely declined from where he was, you know, a couple years ago. Um, but who knows? Maybe he'll take a pay cut to stay there. But I mean, he if said you, he will. If you're gonna, you know, get paid the money that you're getting paid, you need to average more than two point six yards a carry in a playoff and game. He- and he
1: knows that. Right. I mean, you can't. He knows he can't live up to the contract anymore. Right. That big contract. So he he could then, now you know. And this is what I say about Saquon. You know, what I mean, it's to me after seeing what happened to Zeke. Now you know this is why they didn't sign. Um, was it Marion Barber and all yeah. those guys? Uh, Felix Jones, and what was the one that went to the Eagles afterwards? I oh, Demarco Murray. DeMar- Demarco Murray. I yeah. thought they should have signed him. And
0: you know, yeah, but look um, at look at what happened though. When Demarco Murray yeah. went to the Eagles, he yeah. really declined from what he was yeah. the year before that with the Quickly. Cowboys. Um,
1: but yeah, that's that's kind of it's like that's why everyone was on the fence about Zeke's contract, and now it's kind of shown. It's like, well, <laughs> now here we are. This is what I was saying about Saquon. It's it's a hard pill to swallow. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the game, I mean, Dak, he had some costly interceptions. Um, uh, one, for sure, was his fault throwing into double coverage. Um, and then the other one, you know, kind of his fault. It looked he like was, a lazy rail. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to throw it to Michael Gallup and it got intercepted. So, I mean, this game was close enough that, you know, if, Zeke would have, you know, held his own weight and did his fair share. You know, maybe Dak throws one less interception than he did. You know, this game could have easily have gone the other way. Um, and then I don't know what the hell they were doing that last play of the game with that stupid formation <laughs> where Zeke was the center. I finally um,
1: seen it. Um, I closed my eyes on that last one because I thought it would bring good luck to our team. And <laughs> whatever. I seen the 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 formation and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm closing my eyes. And I thought they were going to pull some fancy thing out. And I just, you know, I just heard the commentators talking about it, like kind of saying, like, I don't know what that was. Yeah. So uh, it took me a couple of days, but I went back and watched it. and Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't, whoever designed that <laughs> needs to be fired immediately if they weren't ready.
0: Uh, definitely Mike McCarthy's idea there. I mean, Zeke just got trucked over oh, immediately. Yeah. You got What it the hell?
1: I mean, it was such a predictable, like, like nobody's guarding Dak besides Zeke. Yeah. I, I just don't understand where we're going with that.
0: I mean, I don't know either because, it's like, you can only have so many eligible receivers. You can have max ma- at max five. So, like, what yeah. what the hell's the point of putting all those guys out there with, at wide receiver he, and having one guy on off, offensive line?
1: I guess they were trying to be tricky, but then he just, he just, threw a bullet to Turpin in the center of the field who immediately gets got wrecked, <laughs> destroyed. Yeah. I Don't, yeah. don't I would, ever run that shit again. I yeah. will fire you on the spot. That's so I would have said after the
0: game. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand that either. But, you know, I was just like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, what the hell are they doing?
1: Like, I don't know. Like, they, that whole, the last two drives, they're calling the, you know, the dumbest, you know, I watched analysts break down like Baldy and all them yeah. break down this all week and a lot of them say when you do when you you run comeback routes against the 49ers you need to run them outside of the numbers not inside and Dallas I've seen multiple analysts say that that are you know ex football players that know what they're talking about ex coaches and so on Dallas all everything was, you know, towards the middle and everything where where they are comfortable and where they sit in and they have linebackers finally jumping routes and safeties dropping down and it just seems like they were doing the opposite of what I've seen people say that they should have done and I'm no expert of defenses, but God damn, they did exactly what Washington did versus them, you know, the last time they played Washington. It's like they it's like it was exact replica. Um, just every time Dak threw it, somebody's jumping in front of the receiver just trying to snatch it away. It's just yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean they definitely had plenty of opportunities to, you know, win this game. Like like, like I said, they made a few costly mistakes. Uh, you know, the Tony Pollard injury definitely didn't help this team at all. Um, and then Danahan's
1: a brilliant mind. He might be the one of the best well, he's definitely
0: one of the best offensive coaches in the league right now. Um, and, yeah, he knows then, how to
1: get his receivers over, man. Open, man.
0: Yeah, and then when you have, you know, a guy like that who knows what he's doing on offense, and then you have, you know, the number one defense in the league. It's, it's hard to to beat this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, this was a one of the better games this weekend. Um, you know, I like when they're close like this. Uh, you know, because it goes down to the wire, you don't really know who's going to win. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, this was this was one of the better games this weekend. Unfortunately, someone had to lose, and fortunately for you, I'm, I'm sorry, it was your Cowboys. Next year, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. You guys just <laughs> typical Cowboys. Of, fan. You guys just got rid of like half your coaching staff, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical uh, Cowboys fan, as people always say. Next yeah. year's our year. Yeah, I've been saying that as a Jaguars fan for like thirty years now. So. <laughs> I
1: think every fan base does that. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have some kind of hope, or else why the hell do you watch it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you do, but at a certain point, you kind of know. Like Cleveland, it's gotta Browns, be
1: realistic. Yeah. Cleveland
0: Browns fans, no, it's never gonna be their year. They have. We
1: well, used to say that about the Lions, and the Lions are getting a little well, bit scarier.
0: Yeah, but not Super
1: Bowl ready yet. But not, a little not bit yet. scarier.
0: Maybe in two seasons they'll be, you know, pushing for a Super Bowl run, but yeah. we'll see. And then speaking of the NFC North, let's get into some Aaron Rodgers rumors here quick before we uh talk about other hot button issues. But um from what the, what I've heard, he is, you know, kind of on the fence about what he's gonna do yet. The uh, Packers organization says they want at least two first round picks for him. And then you have the New York Jets owner come out and say that he's, he's willing to pay that price for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He was hitting that button quick. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Yep. He, uh
1: he is not afraid to pay it. He said, and uh, also they said no way, no NFC team right? Um, yeah. will not trade within the conference.
0: I mean, and when I first saw that uh, yesterday or the day before, I started thinking to myself, I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. But then, The Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett as their Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, who was, you know, Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay for a few seasons. So it's all falling together. Yeah, maybe they are buying in and trying to get Aaron Rodgers, you know, to come to the Jets. I mean, all the key pieces are falling together right now for him, and you know, I think he could have some success there.
1: And I think they also got like a running backs coach or something that was that worked alongside of uh, in Green Bay
0: when Aaron was there. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely changing up their offensive scheme here. I mean, and you you have to think that they're going to try and get a quarterback some point during this offseason. Oh. Where the, the Jets? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether that's the draft or free agency or a trade, because you know from what we've seen out of the three quarterbacks that they used this year, you know Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco, I don't see any one of those three guys being the guy going forward. Even though they said that they're going to stick behind Zach Wilson through hell or high water, no, was, that
1: relationship is done.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of have to move on from Zach Wilson. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen anything that really makes me say, "Hey, we got to keep this guy." So, yeah, but um,
1: even if you didn't, they still handled the whole situation completely wrong. Right? You know what I mean, yeah, it was just—I uh, don't know—they just didn't go about it right. But yeah, you can. And you can probably get a, a a two or a three for him um, to some kind of team that will look to. Uh, I mean, there was a reason why he was drafted, you know, so high. So some you, team will put in time for that.
0: Do you do you trade him though, or do, I mean, if you're if you're going to try and get Aaron Rodgers in a trade, do you keep Zach Wilson there to try and let him sit behind a Rod for maybe a year or two? To kind of, I mean develop. that would have that would have
1: been the smart move, but I think they just destroyed that. Uh, I think Zach in that locker room is just not a thing anymore. But right. you know what I mean. Two years down the line, who knows what you know? You know, everyone sure? always says Zach is like a mini Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, maybe those two would butt heads. with them no, I, mean, I think
1: they're actually good friends.
0: Oh, okay,
1: that's that's from what I've heard. They <laughs> actually uh, talk to each other, so. He looks up to Aaron. So I don't know. Maybe that could work, but
0: uh, yeah, or you try
1: to get a sec, a two or a three for Zach. I don't think yeah, you're maybe first maybe for
0: him. you you trade uh, Zach Wilson and keep Mike White there to develop him behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's definitely only going to be playing for like another year or two yet. But I mean, he's still vastly knowledgeable in the game of football. So, I mean, if you have a young guy behind him, it's not going to hurt, you know, it can only, you know, make that kid better and and only raise his value and his potential.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. If the relationship's not ruined between him and the jets, keep him there and let him sit behind Rogers. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And you might get something for Mike White. (laughs) True. You know what I mean? He showed a little something. Maybe you get a three for him, at least get something back and get some kind of draft pick. I mean, you have a good defense, you have a good running back coming back, Bryce Hill or Bryce Hall, and uh, you know you have that young receiver Garrett. He looks like he's gonna like he had a good season towards the end. And
0: yeah, this this team definitely has talent. I mean, yeah, it does. Obviously, the only thing that they're missing is a quarterback. So, I mean, if they get that key piece filled in this offseason, they could be a pretty dangerous team.
1: Get Aaron and get uh,
0: Devonte Adams and. And Aaron, yeah, I don't know about you, DeVon. You got a,
1: I, you got a Super
0: Bowl. Maybe they could get uh, Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely. I was just kidding because it's, there's no way Raiders are giving, no. giving up him. Yeah, but yeah, Hopkins is on the market. So I mean, after trading for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know that you really have much leverage to give a team for another star player like that. But yeah, who knows? Isn't
1: that an awkward situation in Raiders Nation? Yeah. Devontae Adams comes there because he's good friends with Derek Carr, and then you get rid of Derek yeah, Carr.
0: Yeah, I mean, and uh, Devontae even said after they benched Derek Carr, he's like, this was one of the only reasons why I wanted to come here because it was because of Derek Carr because yeah. they were uh, college teammates. They went to Fresno State together. So. I
1: would have never left Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr.
0: Oh, no, absolutely I can't not.
1: stand Aaron Rodgers you know football
0: wise but he's definitely definitely a lot better than Derek Carr
1: yeah you can't argue that (laughs) Jesus I don't know what you I mean Devontae Adams still had a hell of a year though you can't say
0: he didn't he did yeah I mean but I'd be pissed off if I went to a team because (laughs) of the quarterback and then they ended up benching him and now inevitably you're gonna get rid of him
1: Raiders just never seemed to like Carr I don't know it's just like every coach they get in there it's just like
0: yeah, I Just, mean, but they always keep him. I don't when, know when they hired John Gruden. I mean, we all knew that there was some animosity and some you know ill will between those two there, but you know, they kept Derek Carr and then eventually had to fire John Gruden, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think Josh McDaniels is really ever a fan of him either, and you mm-hmm. know, you can see it because they benched him, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, like earlier this season, I know we talked about this a little bit. I said that I could see him, you know, going to or staying in Green Bay. But, you know, with what we've heard lately and, and you know, what we expect to see this off season, I'm kind of 50-50 on this right now, whether or not he's going to play for the Packers next year. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning more towards um,
1: another team. I don't think he'll be on the Packers. He made yeah. it pretty clear on the Matt uh pat mcafee show yeah uh if they're in a rebuilding phase he doesn't want to be a part of it no not at all so trade me
0: now yeah you can't blame the guy though i mean he's no yeah
1: he's at the age where he can't go he's pushing
0: 40 you know who wants to be part of a rebuild process at that age for you know i would rather go to a team that's already got talent established that i can win now with rather than stay on a team that you're going to have to do a rebuilding process with that's going to take a few years to be successful because you won't be there to be a part of it.
1: But then again, he's only in it for the MVP, so you only, <laughs> you only really need a couple decent...
0: That was taken out of context. Yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> would, who wouldn't want to win a Super Bowl over an MVP award? Aaron Rodgers, apparently. <laughs> that's not... Me, me, me. Yeah, I mean... I think that was taken out of context, like I said, <laughs> and he but even, you know he you knows he, he is a selfish person I don't know that for sure. I mean Stop I'm
1: defending the man
0: i have only heard rumors about the guy like, <laughs>
1: yeah, from i don't that- know I don't
0: know him personally. I don't know what he's you know doing in his personal time from what I hear, you know his teammates love him um he went over uh, he said on the Pat McAfee show, he went over to Mason Crosby's house. After the season and had dinner with his family And everything so you know obviously You know his teammates love him You're always going to have
1: He's tired of him hitting the crossbar Mason
0: crossbar I mean he's (laughs) trying to butter him up He's not bad Mason Crosby (laughs) he's getting old Just like everybody else is (laughs) But I mean no matter who you are You're going to have people that hate you And you're going to have people that love you So I mean who do you believe
1: Are you taking Maher or Mason Crosby right now
0: Ooh, I'm definitely going Crosby. Yeah. No question about it. I mean, Crosby can still make extra points. Yeah. He might not be hitting those, you know, fifty-five plus yard field goals, but he's still making those extra points.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. He's like 97 percent during the season, and then he just all of a sudden forgets.
0: Yeah, I, what am
1: I here for again?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Was, I don't know how. How do you miss four extra points? I just I've Incredible. never seen that, but yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's gonna. I don't, and I hate to say it because I love seeing him in that Packers uniform, but I think he he might be on the move this offseason. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. All right, another thing that popped up today: uh, Dan Quinn, even though he's had uh, interest from other teams to be. A head coach, uh, he has decided to stay with Dallas and remain their defensive coordinator for the 2023 season. And I think this is a good thing for Dallas. I mean,
1: well, oh, yeah, it's the best thing that's going to happen to him.
0: Yeah, he's, he's no, I'm def- serious. Yeah, he's definitely the reason that their defense is as successful as they are because he really knows what he's doing. So, I mean, if Dallas is going to, you know, try to run it back next year and you know push towards Super Bowl, I mean this is probably one of their biggest key factors coming back.
1: Yeah. I can't believe he didn't take a job, but I honestly think he is so happy there and uh, he loves the guys that play for him. He says it all the time. I mean, if you watch him in his, you know, his press conferences and everything, he just, I don't even think he wanted to go to the head coaching interviews. He He know what it was about. He's been a head coach before and he's just enjoying it right now. He's, having fun with his guys. But, yeah, I was worried that he was going to leave and this team was going to have to learn a whole new system and it was just going to set back everything. You know what I mean? Throw Mike in the wrong direction. And, you know what I mean? It's just he takes these journeymen like uh, Curse and, uh, oh, man, I can't even think of the other guy's name. Uh, oh donovan wilson and all these kind of guys and just makes them you know next man up mentality and they look you know what i mean they look excellent i mean he takes odd guys like curse is like six three or something yeah. huge safety and he has him coming down and playing you know playing closer to the line of scrimmage and he's just all over the place you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's just so creative with that defense and I just I would hate to see it go. I just seen change so much in the last few years. It's it's awesome to watch.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of times you see people like ask the question, is it the system or the players? And I think that's the system. Da- for Dallas this year it's been the system. You know, you yeah. you're gonna have, you know, super freaks like Micah Parsons, you know. Yeah. But, uh, for a lot of the guys on this defense, it, it was the system. And, and, and Dan Quinn was the main factor for that. And even when he was with the Falcons that year that they went to the Super Bowl, you know, he had a lot of young guys on his defense and mm-hmm. they were one of the better defenses in the league at that time. Um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely able to go to a team and build a defense to, you know, where they wanted to be in order to be successful. Uh, so I mean, if I were him, I would probably stay in Dallas too. I mean, you got yeah, good, the highest
1: paid defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, what got, else do you want?
0: You got a good thing going on there. Why? Why mm-hmm. ruin it now? I mean, and this could also be because of the head coaching vacancies. There is no real appeal. I mean, you know, we've seen what Russell Wilson did in Denver. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> he necessarily doesn't want to go there because they're going to need an offensive coach to help yeah. them because Denver's defense is really there shining star there so i mean um yeah i mean you talk this went up to you know like i said no no real appeal in any head coaching vacancies right now but yeah i think he made the right decision to stay in dallas uh and you know keep this defense as successful as they have been and then uh Cal moore also
1: interviewed with a one of the one of the teams that dan quinn also interviewed with and Apparently he did pretty well, um, but he's staying as the Dallas offensive coordinator. We believe (laughs) that's, that's one guy I think that they can afford to lose. I don't (sighs) know. I'm on the fence about it because it's like one of those things where, okay, the last couple of years he's had the number one, you know, points offense, total, uh, put up points offense, but, Then on crunch time, playoff games, big games, you know, catch up games, you know, when you get down or your defense isn't playing as well. It just looks like he looks lost. And he's very consistent with play calling from week to week. And I mean, like we talked about Shanahan, he can go in there and he comes up with a game plan, okay, what is my guy's the best at? You know what I mean? That's what we're gonna go do. Yeah. Whereas Kellen Moore, he's more like you know, let's look at their defense and see what we can, you know, what we can draw up instead of, you know, what's the strengths of my offense.
0: Right. I think he's, you know, like you said, he's he's a coordinator that's going to, you know, he's going to be able to get things going early. But if things aren't working out or if they need to come from behind to win or they crunch time, you know, if he needs to, you know, make those decisions lickety-split on the spot, you know, to come back and win games late. I don't think he's the coordinator that's going to be able to make those calls to do that. Um, like I said, it wouldn't it be a bad thing if he stayed, but uh, you know, I don't think it would be too huge of a loss if if they left him go or if he went elsewhere. That's the only guy left
1: from the Jason Garrett era. And yeah, I think it and, shows. and maybe that's the,
0: maybe that's the only reason that they're still playing like they did in the Jason Garrett era.
1: <laughs> they have times where it looks like it's Jason Garrett's playbook you know call them boys you know and i'm sure that's where he's learned it from
0: and i'm sure every off season that they update the playbook and change some things and stuff like that but for the vast majority of it i'm sure it's kind of the similar so i mean if you have a guy like kellen moore who became an offensive coordinator under jason garrett he's probably going to be familiar with that system that jason garrett ran and he's kind of going to stick with that but then at the same time, when you bring Mike McCarthy in as your head coach, you know he's got to have his own system too. So you would think that he would make whatever changes he wants to. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't think it necessarily would be a bad thing if if they didn't have Kellen Moore there next year. But we'll see what happens.
1: I was hoping they would go after like a Kingsbury or somebody like that to play a, yeah, well. as a coordinator for a year.
0: Can they reach Cliff Kingsbury out there in the <laughs> Philippines?
1: Philippines, yeah. yeah. It's one way that they have to buy him a new, another ticket to come yeah.
0: home. They have to get him a. I have to get him to a payphone or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I wish they would have got somebody with his his uh, like a good, good old, uh, or like a um, what's his name in the Rams that decided he's going back. Sean McVay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, so before he decided to go back, I was really hoping he would try to take a year off from head coaching and you know, accept the job somewhere as an offensive coordinator or
0: something. But the, There's one guy in the league that I would love to see as an offensive coordinator somewhere, and that would be 49ers quarterbacks coach uh, Brian Greasy. Yeah. I think he's doing Doubt. a hell of a job. Look at Look at the quarterback situation he had to deal with this year.
1: I'll take him in a second yeah. under Kyle.
0: He with what he did after losing Trey Lance, bringing Jimmy G back in and then Jimmy G getting injured and having to put Brock Purdy in there. I mean he just did a phenomenal job with his quarterbacks is here and I think he can be a successful offensive coordinator in this league.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean just I I would love to do something like that. Just look at uh, game one in the playoffs, wildcard weekend versus game two, and you know, they just didn't do anything the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dak barely ran the ball. You know what I mean? They were having those well, fake I mean, handoffs. They were doing all – don't try to get cute the next week and try to outsmart <laughs> your, component, your opponent. Just play to your strengths, and that's your strengths. That's what Kyle's going to do. He's going to play to his team's strengths. He's not going to go in there and make you do wonky stuff.
0: Yeah, but I think Kyle's probably also the type of guy that's going to play to his opponent's weaknesses, though, too. And maybe that's what they try and to do. because They kind of do the same system over and over and over. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's true. I mean, but like maybe Dallas, you know, maybe Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy looked at, you know, because obviously Tampa's defense and San Francisco's defense are, are oh, yeah. two completely different animals. So, I mean, the game plans, I'm sure, were a lot different from, you know, week to week for those two what games. What they
1: did in Tampa would have worked in for, at 49ers. I guarantee it. This everybody was on the same page, they were running more play action. They were, you know, Dak in play action, he's just as good as any other quarterback. As of you know, most quarterbacks succeed out of play action, you know. But like I said earlier, once Tony went down, it kind of changed their game plan, right? So, that kind of not to get back on that topic, yeah. I mean, that's uh. Just dwell on in my, the back of my mind. It's yeah. It's going to be a burning fire for the next year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Until he yeah. play the 49ers again and lose. <laughs> yeah. Next every year. Every year, yeah. That's your personal hell. Every year they just lose to the 49ers in the playoffs. <laughs> no matter who the 49ers have as their quarterback, Dallas is never going to beat them in the playoffs.
1: I don't want to sound like a wonder, but why couldn't we have played like the Giants or the Vikings or somebody? Why don't we was
0: gotta play the the greatest quarterback of all time and then we gotta go to the best defense? Yeah. I mean, but you guys you guys did phenomenal against the greatest quarterback. I mean Tampa Bay yeah. you guys lit, lit it up there. Yeah, they did do good. That's how I had high hopes, but Yeah. That's I mean, what that's what I get for drinking the Kool Aid, man. Yep. You buy buy into this team and then they just let you down like they always do. Yep. All right. One last topic we want to discuss before getting into this weekend's championship matchups is the Panthers have finally found themselves a permanent head coach. They hired former Colts head coach, Frank Reich, as their new head coach. What do you think about that hire? They're bringing Carson Wentz there. <laughs> yeah, they're going to pay for Carson Wentz. They're going to have Sam uh, Darnold and Carson Wentz on their roster. So what do they do? The role with Sam Darnold, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's too early to tell. I mean, we'll see what – you know, Frank Reich is a former quarterback himself, and he was the offensive coordinator under Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. So, yeah. I mean, he's obviously going to make his changes to do what he wants with that offense, but I-, I think it's way too early to tell, Uh, you know.
1: Do you think his obsession with Carson Wentz is gone?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, from what he saw it firsthand in Indianapolis, and then... <laughs> he's like, what the what fuck did I get yeah, myself I'm in? I'm sure he was watching real close in, in Washington when Carson Wentz was, you know, fucking it up this year. So, I mean, <laughs> I if he makes that mistake again, God bless him.
1: Not to get off topic, but is that man still in the NFL this year
0: going forward, you think? Carson Wentz? Yeah. Uh, not as a starter. <laughs> I mean, I think... Is he even I, a backup? Yeah. I mean... He's he's a backup, but he's definitely not going to be starting quarterback. I mean, does he stay?
1: Is he ever consistent at all?
0: He's not. Yeah. No,
1: I'd rather have so many. There's so many backups I would rather have than him.
0: I, that's true. I mean, there's a few, but if you're a team desperate, I mean, maybe he gets released. Maybe doesn't necessarily sign with the team right away, and maybe he, uh, you know, gets signed to a team that has an injury and they need to. Sign a yeah. quarterback, but I mean, I think from what we've seen, we can all agree that Carson Wentz is not a starting caliber quarterback in this league. Maybe XFL, <laughs> USFL, XFL, you, whatever is that? What it is? Now? Well, it's going to be both.
1: Oh, okay, I don't, I don't follow yeah. that crap. I never, never lasts more than a year anyway, so I don't even get involved. Well,
0: the XFL they kind of got screwed last time they started because it was they started that league in 2020 and then COVID hit. (laughs) Yeah. was not
1: Vince McMahon's league. Uh,
0: yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, He brought it back, but now it's the rock Dwayne Johnson. He's the, he's the president. I did see that. I did
1: see that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah. We'll watch it.
0: I mean, it's really good football for, you know, obviously there's no NFL or college or anything on at that time of year. So, I mean, if you're, Missing football and you know have the itch. It's a really good league to watch. I mean, those guys are talented. That's where Turpin came from. Yeah, Turpin's returner. Yeah, and uh, Carolina's quarterback PJ Walker. He yeah, you can yeah. So I mean, they've got good players, and it's a talented league. So I mean, if yeah, if you got the time, check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, but anyways, uh, back to the Panthers hiring Frank Reich. Um, You know I. I was a little leery about teams hiring guys that got fired, especially a guy like Frank Reich who got fired mid-season. Yeah. Uh, You know, one, but one man's trash is another man's treasure, I guess. And he's a pretty good offensive minded coach. I mean, I'm not a big
1: fan. I don't think he did much for Colts.
0: uh, He did other than, you know, the Carson Wentz year and this past year. I mean, he had, they did a, decent job of bringing philip rivers in and took him to playoffs and you know he was there with uh, uh andrew luck for a little bit and i mean i think or no he wasn't there with andrew luck never mind no yeah came in uh, but yeah i think he did pretty decent you know he wasn't anything to write home about but you know th- there's not too many guys that are probably fighting for that panthers head coaching job and, I feel uh, like he
1: got away from using Jonathan Taylor, and that just put a, yeah. a sour taste in my mouth. It's like, why are you getting away from your best
0: player? Yeah, and uh, who knows? Maybe he'll have success with Sam Darnold, or maybe he'll just abandon that whole thing. And you know, I'm gonna
1: go out on a limb and say no, because I'm not a Sam Darnold believer either.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's a couple of good quarterbacks in the draft that might be worth taking this year, but then again, the, the Panthers might not have a quarterback to draft by the time they get around to it, but (laughs) we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, Frank Reich is now the new Panthers head coach. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the two conference championship matchups here. Go over the games a little bit and then give our predictions. Uh, The first game on Sunday is going to be the 49ers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles at 3 p.m. What are your takes and who do you pick in that one?
1: Uh, let's see. Eagles, right? Eagles and 49ers. I want to hear your, your, uh, you go
0: first. All right. So this is probably going to be the one that I had the toughest time picking. It's definitely a toss up. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia definitely played really well last week against the giants. Um, you know, but this is a different animal here going up against the 49ers, they have the best mm-hmm. the best defense in the league. They have the number 1 run defense in the league. And from what we've seen from Philadelphia, you know, they're definitely a run offense. Uh, I think they're going to do a good job of shutting down the run game against the Eagles. Um I think Jalen Hurts is going to be forced to pass the ball more than he normally is and uh you know, with that nagging shoulder injury that he's still healing up from, might be a problem for them. Um, but I definitely think that the defense, uh, 49ers defense is going to give this Philadelphia offense uh, you know, a run for their money. Um, and then on the other side of the field, I think Brock Purdy might struggle a little bit with uh, the Eagles because, like I said, they do have the number one ranked secondary in the NFL. So, I mean, who knows? If they get the run game going, on the 49ers offense, and then, you know, this defense contains Jalen Hurts in that run game. Um, you know, I think that the 49ers can have success here and win this game. So, my pick is going to be the 49ers, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be within, you know, four to six points. So, I think it's going to be less than a touchdown difference here, but I th- I'm going to go with the 49ers.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Jalen's going to get back to he has to get back to it in this game because of the 49ers defense. He's going to get back to running the ball more. Um, he's got to, he's got to get, he's got to keep his, um, hit the 49ers defense on their heels, guessing what he's going to do. He can't just be a drop back passer. It just doesn't work out very well for him. All right. So uh, especially with the shoulder injury going on. So I think they're definitely going to get Jalen on the move more. Um, Defenses are pretty much matched across the board. Uh, I think they're both. Gonna, it's going to be like Dallas first 49 49ers. They're going to be. It's going to be a big defensive, low scoring game. Um, Brock Purdy. I, I've been waiting for him to struggle. Didn't struggle much because he didn't really have to do much in the Dallas game, and I think it's going to be the same outcome. Um, Dallas is a little bit better at stopping the run than what Eagles are. Uh, especially with Hankins up there and LVE back. I don't see the same production of stopping um, Christian McCaffrey as much as Dallas did, but that's going to be a problem for the Eagles. Um, So I think it's going to be a tight race. I think I'm going to take the Eagles by a field goal. Uh, I'm back and forth on this one. I just, ah, man. I'm rooting for the 49ers, even though they be my my Dallas team. Um, I'm obviously not an Eagles fan, but Eagles are a good team. They've made it a hell of a lot further than what I thought they would. Hats off to them. They have a great team around, Jalen. Um, Jalen, it comes down to Jalen's legs, I think. Uh, if, he can, if he can put up more than 20-some yards on the ground, like more than he did last week, I think they're going to be good.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this I think this one's going to be pretty close. Um, these two teams are both really good. Uh, but, you know, it's going to come down to can this 49ers defense stop this Philadelphia offense? And uh, that's going to be the true test. Um, if
1: Fred Werner leads the league and uh, leads the game in tackles, then that means 49ers
0: won. And I think that's going to be, he's going to be the key piece to this because he's going to have to be Jalen Hurts' shadow. Yep. Um, that's,
1: what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. If, yeah. If, so, he, if he leads their team on tackles, it, yeah.
0: that's, that's a 49. So play. if Fred Werner's got to, you know, keep his eyes pasted on Jalen. And if he sees Jalen running out of the pocket, you need to follow him. You need to contain him. You need to make sure he doesn't run the ball. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like I said, they got to shut him down, and if they can do that, that they can win this game. But uh, it's going to be close. But I'm definitely taking 49ers.
1: And if I was a defensive coordinator there for 49ers, I would tell Nick not to get tunnel vision. You know what I mean? I know yeah. you, I know
0: you want to pursue your quarterback, but don't over pursue because right. he's a scrambler. You got to set the edge. You know? Yeah. Don't let Jalen go outside. You know, funnel him to the middle, or yeah. else he's
1: going to get it on you. Don't
0: be baited. Yeah, don't be baited to go inside because as soon as you go inside, he goes outside, and next thing you know, you're screwed. So you know, feed you, him to
1: the big beef in the middle.
0: Yep, make him make him run up the middle. Don't let him go outside, and and they should be fine.
1: But if they keep the balls out of the ball out of Brock Purdy's hand, and they keep it in uh, Mitchell's hand and uh, C maxs hands. I think they have a good chance uh, yep. I don't think I don't think de- um let's look at their their comparable stats real quick um defense yeah like you said um, Eagles is first in passing yards and forty ers are twentieth in passing yards um San Francisco is second against rushing yards and Eagles are middle of the at 16, so there's a good there's a good thing for 49ers. They'll be able to run on them. Um, third down percentage, they're both pretty right in the middle of the of the league, so I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up, man. Uh, you can't really say 100% certain of which one it is. It's going to come down to the ground game.
0: Yeah, it definitely will, um, but like I said, these two teams... Uh, are pretty evenly matched. Uh, It's going to be a close game. So I'm excited for this one.
1: So you got 49ers, I got Eagles.
0: I got 49ers, yep. All right, and then the last game on Championship Sunday is the Bengals traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs at 6.30 p.m. Who do you got in this one?
1: Uh, By the way, I missed that. Uh, Eagles are favored by two and a half at home. Usually you get a three at home, so take it out of this. Um, Well, KC is – earlier in the week, Bengals were favored by one. Um, (laughs) And Kansas. it's actually a push now. Nobody's favored in this game, so kind of see it trending in a different direction. They might see Patrick Mahomes looking a little bit better than what he was earlier in the week. But uh, as far as this matchup – I'm just going to get right off the right to the point. Um Burrow, he has been playing lights out. Patrick Mahomes, he's been playing lights out. Better defense in this squad in out of these two teams is going to be Bengals. I'm going to take Bengals on this. And uh I wasn't like this earlier. I didn't want to be like this. I don't know if I want to be like this. I love both of these quarterbacks. I don't want to have to pick a side. Um But like I said, Bengals have much better offense um, talent-wise. But then you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, opposite of what you'll see in the Eagles 49ers game. And it's going to come down to Bengals' defense,
0: um, making Patrick Mahomes make a couple mistakes. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a shootout. Yeah. I think Cincinnati's definitely got the advantage as far as offense and defense. Um, Matchups, you know, I think Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, um, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. I mean, take your pick of what offensive weapon you want. But, you know, that matchup against, you know, Casey's defense, um, you know, this is a very young secondary that the Kansas City Chiefs have on defense. I think um, 50% or 75% of that secondary are rookies this year. Um, So that matchup there in itself is going to definitely be an advantage for Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow and his receiving core is just going to have a field day with them. Um, And then on the other side of the ball – uh, you know, I think the Cincinnati defense can contain Patrick Mahomes, especially with him not being hundred percent coming into the game with that high, high ankle sprain. Um, you know, I think they're going to be able to shut him down. And I think this Cincinnati defensive line is going to be able to shut Isaiah Pacheco down also. Um, so, I mean, I don't know necessarily know that it's going to be too close. Um, But it's not going to be a blowout. I say Cincinnati is going to win probably by 10 points.
1: And it's where we're saying this because, just so everyone knows, Kansas City is first in like every passing offense statistic pretty much. So us saying Bengals are going to smoke them like like you just said is kind of weird. But it just feels like Bengals' offense is trending – to where, if they were doing this all season, they would be first in every yeah. category. You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those things where you can't just—you gotta look at the whole, the whole picture. Or um, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I, this is another game. It's like I'm not good at picking these kind of games because yeah. I, I think I, I try to leave feelings out of
0: it. I think if you look at the the whole picture, like you said, statistic wise, the reason that Cincinnati probably isn't on Kansas City's level is because of those. First few weeks that they had in the season, right. where they didn't really necessarily have their offensive line situation under control, so I think uh, statistically they suffered because of that. And you can people tell. were
1: ready to write them off first yeah. quarter of the season. Yeah, and I mean, it was
0: that bad. Starting out zero and two. I mean, everybody was talking about the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. So I mean, because of those you know few games at the beginning of the season where they just played piss poor. Uh, I mean, that obviously. Suffered or made them suffer a little bit. But, you know, ever since they, they figured that out, they've been winning games and they've been, you know, successful. They've been better than what we saw. And I think that they're going to be the better team on Sunday. And like I said, I think they're going to win by 10 points. Um, I just, I don't know what it is. I know we talked about Patrick Brigham Holmes, you know, being the MVP this year, and obviously he deserves it. But at this point, I don't know why it is this way, but I just, for some reason, just trust Joe Burrow a little bit more.
1: I don't know if I would say that. I just trust the more talent around him. You know what I mean? If you shut, if somehow you do contain Travis Kelsey, he's, he doesn't really have that major goal line target. You know what I mean? That's a problem, Um, which we haven't really seen much of that. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, uh, you know Bengals are or Joe burrow is what three and overs
0: three and overs Patrick,
1: the chiefs yeah the chiefs yeah so he for some reason they know how to play him and uh i think they're going to end up being 4-0 and, and you're going to have a
0: Bengals versus Eagles Super Bowl well Bengals versus 49ers but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'm excited for both these games this weekend um they're both going to be good matchups, um, and I'm excited. I mean, I think you could do any combination of Super Bowl matchups, You know, whether, whether it be any of these teams playing any other team, uh, but I think it, no matter who's playing who, it's going to be a good matchup for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I
1: think it's going to be a good Super Bowl this year.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see who's going to be in it, and I'm thinking it's going to be San Francisco and Cincinnati. Oh, you're wrong yet again. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see after this Sunday. I hope you're right. Don't don't get
1: me wrong. I hope you're right. I just have that gut feeling.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the only thing that worries me is the Brock Purdy situation. Like if they had a decent veteran quarterback in there, I wouldn't be as concerned. Like if Jimmy That's what did, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like you said, we we're just waiting for Brock Purdy to to make some mistakes, and
1: you know that's I mean, if you're game planning for. Eagles defense that what are you trying to do you're trying to force the ball in Brock Purdy's hands yeah at all costs and once you do that he's bound to make some kind of mistake but we haven't seen much of that yet and we haven't seen much of that with Jimmy G and Jimmy G wasn't the best quarterback no so Kyle Shanahan's offense is just a good schemed offense where people get open you know what I mean yeah. It makes your quarterback have easy throws, open lanes to throw in, you know, not much Yeah not yeah, much uh, running down the running down through your uh, reads. You know, make it simple.
0: Yeah, they've got so many options on that offense to spread the ball around, you know, you can be pretty successful. hmm. And Devo, getting Debo in space, man, that's Yeah. Get Debo getting Debo there, getting McCaffrey, you know. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I mean, take your. That's pitch. where
1: all his passing yards come from. I mean, you throw to Ayuk or yeah. Debo, you are yeah. getting fifty yards of yak right there. There's yeah. <laughs> there's most of your passing because the kid gets a lot of passing yards a game, <clears throat> but yet yeah, he's only throwing little slants, and you know what I mean. Other than that, that throw to Kittle, but that wasn't the
0: best throw in the world. Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's spreading the ball around, but like yeah. I said, he's got. He's got a lot of weapons to do so. So,
1: I'm happy for him. You know, it's not too
0: often yeah, you see a seventh see round a pick a do what Mr. he's been doing this year.
1: Yeah, he looks like a good kid too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I think he's going to be successful in this league. You know, whether that be with San Francisco or someone else.
1: From my understanding, they're already naming him starter next year.
0: And I mean, I would too. I don't see why they wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't name him. I wouldn't make him do an all season. I don't battle. know. I'm,
0: depending on like if 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 he wins this game for them on Sunday and they go to the Super Bowl, I think you kind of have to make him your starter going in the next if year. If he's
1: involved, he? yeah. I mean, if he has fifteen pass, fifteen. I mean, attempts, he's not.
0: He's not uninvolved. I mean, he's I mean, had- Jimmy
1: G won a game with like what ten. 10 passes to the, the one playoff game last year. Yeah. I mean, if it comes down to that, that's not making my mind up. I'm sorry.
0: No, but I mean like Brock Purdy's is not uninvolved. Like he's had uh, quite a few games. Like yeah, has, he has, he's thrown for, you know, 300 yards and two or three touchdowns. Like he's not, he's not just handing the ball off of every play. He's being somewhat productive and useful for this offense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. And, uh, yeah, if he goes ahead and also wins a Super Bowl, then I'm uh, going to have to say, you know, whatever. You gotta, you gotta give him a chance next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely uh, being a hypocrite on what I just said, but if you go and win a Super Bowl, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yep. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Late Hit Pro Football Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at LateHitPFR. You can follow mine at T underscore Luddy, and you can follow Matt at Matt PFR. So don't forget to follow us all on Twitter. Don't forget to listen to us. Don't forget to like us, comment, subscribe, follow. Uh, But thank you for joining us, and we guys will talk to you next week for Conference Championship Edition.
1: Yep, and we're also thinking about doing uh, giveaways or um, possibly having guests on eventually. Uh, maybe even Super Bowl week. So look
0: out for that, and yep, stay stay up to date on Twitter. We will be posting about it. So just uh, keep we'll keep you guys posted, and uh, when that sweepstakes comes along, we'll pick a guest to join us on Super Bowl week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, guys.